This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire then. What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yes! Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host coming everything sport, international and local. Hope you're doing well and you're blessed wherever you're tuned in around the world. Whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, or even if you're chilling at home watching us live on YouTube. Okay, right. This hour now, people. <laughs> this hour now is big. Because actually, the guest is the first of his kind. And not because of... One thing, but many things. Nidal Mora is on the show today. He's a very interesting personality who has extraordinary attributes. Now I'm starting to tug a little bit, so I hope you buy it. To you, he might be an athlete, an artist, a writer, a survivor, or just a nice down-to-earth guy. And he's on the show today. We're talking ADHD. If you don't know what that is, you will know after this show. Are there different types of it? How does he get? How does one get diagnosed for it? We also discuss undoing the knots, unlearning patterns, redirecting habits, and what his next target is. On the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse ninety five. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. on Oh, he loves the fire then! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! It's time! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Adori. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international and local. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in. Uh, perfect playlist for the workout. Thank you, Mustafa. We just getting warm, bro. We just getting warm. All right, on today's show, Nidal Mora is on the show. Hold on, before I do that, I need to give this guy a round of applause because this guy here. Oh my God! <laughs> Welcome to the show, my bro. Thank you for having me, Amar. Hey, listen, it's it's my pleasure. Um, it's been on the cards for a while. I got to give a, a special shout out to our very own Erij as well, who uh, who connected the dots to get you on board. I think she really is like a a proper like ambassador for the halftime show. She's been on here like I think twice, going for the hat trick, Erij. <laughs> and she's just collected her second world record, right? You know what? Yeah. She keeps it modest as well. <laughs> she doesn't tell me just casually. Yeah, and she's <laughs> broken another world record. I'm yeah. Like, what do you mean you broke it? I just yeah just you know just kick ups for life <laughs> something that she will do which is fantastic um and and yeah she's uh she's fantastic but listen i want to talk to you about a couple of things now obviously your journey is very very interesting first of its kind on our show by the way oh for real yeah so the listeners are going to be in for a treat um what is adhd and how is that related to you so ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. There's mm-hmm. different flavors of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, autism. There's kind of a spectrum. You can have more of this color, more of this flavor. And uh, what I experience is called the hunter type. Mm-hmm. There's a few papers out on it now. And people are getting real specific about these different kinds. Uh, the good thing about getting specific with this is 
you get to learn where your gaps are and where your strength, strengths are. Mm. So you find that balance where before knowing everything seems kind of off, it feels like you're living on the fringes in a way or experiencing life differently. Mm. And after finding out, things click into place and the picture becomes complete. Because it's a misconception on it, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's well, not is, about being that? distracted or yeah. just hyper all the time. It's, it's a bit more complicated than this, but the... The interesting part for me is that I got diagnosed quite late in life, like uh, 30 years old. Right. Usually this is something that gets caught in kids early on. Yeah. Or And was it, was it your wife who, who brought that to your attention? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a really strange experience. Um, I actually, um, for my whole life, as, as far as I can remember, I've always been kind of like the naughty kid, you yeah. know, someone who is uh, always looking for stimulation because one, one of the biggest symptoms of it is that the way you experience boredom is kind of painful mm. and that's that's not an exaggeration you actually feel like you are suffering by not being stimulated and, and what is stimulation it's novel behavior it's things that are exciting things that help you release adrenaline dopamine serotonin helps your brain swim in all these chemicals So for whatever reason, uh, structurally, chemically in your brain, mm. that doesn't happen from usual stimuli. Mm. So you need to kind of always f follow the impulse and, okay. and see where that impulse takes you. Mm. And when there's uh, in an environment that has low stimulation, mm. you start to come up with your own things. You, you can, uh, uh, there's words for it like stimming. You can move your body back and forth just to feel like somatically yeah. you're inhabiting something. Yeah. You could want to look at um, colors. You would want to ingest information. Right. And on good days, you would hyper focus on a task mm -hmm. that gives you that kind of satisfaction. Yeah. And you find yourself thriving somehow in a really narrow, specific niche area. Mm. Now, imagine the environment where there's no internet, there's very little knowledge about these things, there aren't these studies segmenting ADHD into all these um, uh, subtypes. And it, it's going to be difficult for parents or teachers to recognize this because uh, I grew up in uh, Sharjah, I grew up in UAE. Nice. And you can imagine early 90s, mm. uh, Calling someone a naughty kid is way easier than thinking that uh, we need to get him help somehow. Right. right. So that environment of not uh, uh, seeking to help, rather uh, take this kid and try to make him conform to the structure that already exists. Mm. That's where the friction was created. Okay. And for a long time, that friction always would made me feel make me feel uncomfortable in the contexts, right. these structured contexts that I'm in. Although my interest and curiosity would, would always want me to be active somehow. Yeah. A small example of this is uh, picking up the books before going to school. There's a few days before school actually starts. I have all these books at home, low stimulation environment, no mm. internet. Mm. I digest these books. I eat them. I learn everything that I can from mm. these books before school even starts. And this is out of boredom. It's not that I'm clever or gifted or anything like that. Mm. So I get to class school starts I know half the stuff already so I'm not stimulated mm. so this is where the trouble starts right you know this but, is but you see you, there's so many things you said there that I, I want to pick on the, the first thing is okay so there's a there's a there's a mini mini me version of you yeah right right now in Sharjah yeah okay let's say in the teens we're not going to go as far as 30 we'll say in the teens right now yeah. okay and he or she are 
experiencing symptoms of what you said. Mm. I don't like the word symptoms because that shows that there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong. But what things do they have to tick off the list to realize that hold on a second i have to I, I, i'm actually there's something good about me there's something that i have as a superpower sure what do they have to tick off the list to say that sounds like me so one of the things is choice okay uh, choice is made uh, that's the executive function of the brain right mm. that's the thing that helps us prioritize things uh, divide our time pay attention choose focus yeah making choice that part is not very strong or missing entirely. Mm. So you're driven a lot by impulses. Right. You're driven a lot by things that give you instant gratification. That's one symptom. That's, I would say, the, the strongest one. Yeah. It's followed quickly by emotional dysregulation, where you feel like your emotional responses to certain events may be underpowered or overpowered. You're either overreacting to something and taking it quite personally, like rejection sensitivity, mm. um, or... You think it's super low stakes. Everything is super low stakes. And the most mundane and the most important thing you should do are on the same level. Mm. You feel like uh, doing something that's going to make you feel good right now for five minutes is yeah. better than studying for the exam, which is happening tomorrow. And you really need to cram. These two tasks are of equal importance in the brain. Fascinating. Yeah. So wow. if, if you find yourself struggling with this yeah. or what people refer to as straight up laziness, mm. like you're not doing the things that you are supposed to, in quotations, do chores, tasks, expectations. Yeah. When you recognize that, yes, I do have to do them, mm -hmm. but you don't find the power to actually move and finish the task or even start it. Yeah. That's not laziness. Okay. Because okay. you recognize it, right? Yeah. You know you have to. You want to. Yeah. You don't have the power to. Interesting. Okay, the, so that power is that executive dysfunction. Yeah. And the sources, I don't know enough about the science, so I don't want to get into chemical names and right, things right, like right. that. But that's that's kind of like circuitry that you, you need to pay attention to. That's yeah. an alarm going off in the cockpit saying, pay attention to this thing, go check it right. out. Okay, yeah. fantastic. we got some questions coming in for you. We're going to take a quick break. I, man, I was saying to you already, didn't I tell you before? <laughs> we're going to go and we're going to go places, right? Okay, stay tuned for more on The Only Place to Be at 3, The Halftime Show on Pulse95. This is The Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves to fire that fourth and goal. This is The Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike. We are back and we're back live in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse95 Radio with your boy Omar Duri on a Saturday. You know that time, 3 to 4 UAE time. And shout out to everyone who is tuned in uh, on my Instagram live as well. Arsalan, Riza, Mo, you've got um, Mas'ud, our very own Safe, Zofia, Murad, Muhammad, Maria, Mas'ud, Olivia from the UK, the other Muhammad, Al Sharia, <laughs> Mustafa, Fahad. Oh, thank you very much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. JP Mayur as well. God, man. So nice, nice to see your faces and hope you guys are having a wicked day. Um, Nadal is uh, joining me on the show. What's up? 95 is the frequency. Huh? It's worldwide. <laughs> I know people are listening in Norway and in, in, in Germany. 
Farzad's in Norway, Farah is in Germany. They're also listening. Nice. They might not be in the chat. Nice. Well, shout out to shout out to Farah especially. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's a good photographer. Uh, yeah, she is. She is absolutely. I want to actually. I saw some of your artwork by the man. That's impressive. Oh, thank you so much. That's impressive. Yeah. And you got me coffee. I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Boom like coffee, you, you yeah. were winning before you got me the coffee. Um, fantastic to uh, to see you here, and and thank you very much for joining us. We had a question for you actually uh, during the break, and uh, by Masoud, who's tuned in from India, saying, "How are you going to spread the awareness of ADHD globally if you're given the chance to do so?" Wow, given the chance, I mean, I'm lucky enough to be here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's that's one step. Um, raising awareness, I think uh, you got to do something to get people's attention. People's attention is uh, the most valuable thing. Mm. You're asking for their time. This is part of their life. Mm. So you have to do something that deserves this. Yeah. And then you get to talk about what you want to get to talk about. Yeah. So one of the ways that uh, we can do that is, is um, at least for me, is I'm looking at endurance events. I'm looking at how I can get uh, stronger, how I can get faster, how I can do things that uh, are metaphorically, they symbolize the journey itself yeah. from absolute chaos to an order that achieves a goal. So for instance, I'm hoping to run the 50K ultra marathon in nice. Al Marmoum in, nice. in February. Big. Uh, big, there's people running 190K over over four or five days yeah. uh, on the same event. But this is this is uh, a Step result in the right of, direction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. something like that. I think I would, um, you know, maybe try to do some of the David Blaine stuff Ooh. and stick ADHD <laughs> on it, right? <laughs> hey, so it works. That, that's a strategy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, tell stories, yeah. stories that are engaging, fictional or real. Mm-hmm. And this is where I want to congratulate you for this platform and the audience that you have that mm-hmm. actually care and listen about this kind of stuff. I mean, all your other guests, how, how, how layered you get into it. I think that's dope. Thank right? you. Thank you so much. Well, listen, talking about dope, there's a lot of things that are amazing about yourself and what you stand for. I like the fact that we celebrate instead of dwell on things and when it comes down to HHD and when it comes down to what comes with it in terms of um, anxiety which we mentioned earlier in terms of depression there's so many different factors but but fear has a, a positive side to it and obviously through fight or flight and the way the brain works we kind of witness that how do we use fear as a positive thing so fear is like anything in, in our environment mm. we can we can uh, struggle with it we can use it as a tool. It's uh, it's not a negative or a positive. It can be your enemy. It can be your friend. Yeah. It's the choice that you make. And wh- the choice that I made was, first of all, accept that I was experiencing fear at all mm-hmm. and recognize what kind of fear I'm, I'm experiencing. And it's hard when you're already an adult to look back and see how many bad habits you have, how many uh, coping mechanisms you've developed to deal with fear. Yeah. So rather than deal with fear, first I accept I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'm afraid I'm broken. I'm afraid I'm, you know, um, not not as equal as others. I'm disadvantaged. I can look at it like that mm. and be bummed out and just cycle down. And there I have a choice to use this fear, try to make it my friend and recognize the information it's giving me. So fear is now a signpost. Yeah. Fear is information. What am I afraid of? If I'm afraid of something, am I afraid of it because it's my nature to be afraid of this? 
or I'm resisting something I know I must do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one or the other. If it's my nature to resist this, now I learned about myself. Right. Now I learned I don't need to be in this area that generates fear. Maybe this is a toxic environment for me. Maybe I'm not a good fit in this place mm-hmm. because I experience fear here. So I remove myself. Right. But I have to already be ready to admit that no, yeah. maybe this fear is my resistance to something. Mm. Why am I resisting it? Because I'm afraid of the outcome that I might fail, that I might not do it as well as I should or uh, discover something ugly about myself. If that's the case, then I'm going to go 100% in that direction mm. and learn more about myself and really use that fear to challenge my own expectations of myself. And the only thing that came out of that, this might be survivorship bias. Yeah. Okay, We have to right, right. be aware of this. But f- in my case, when I, when I got to the point where I accept fear, mm-hmm. recognize the resistance, yeah. and then go full power in that direction rather than the opposite way. So I'm not running away from, I'm running towards. Yeah. But Wh- see, pe- people that see that will say that, okay, but this is because he's a remarkable individual. But you said signposts and you said things that people can actually pick up that they have to be aware that there is there is fear and that there is something that they have to tackle yeah is that different from person to person in regards to how they react to it or should there be like you said a way this is how we need to survive yeah it's not it's not I don't think there's blanket solution but it's a simple question mm. why why am I really afraid yeah we do a lot of ego protection correct we want to think we're good so we'll come up with stories mm-hmm but we know his stories. <laughs> yeah. We know this is a story. Yeah. So that's where the work with fear comes in. Mm. Is go into the story, be ready to accept that you are protecting your ego and you are truly afraid because you don't want to go there. Mm. You're resisting it. Mm. That's where for me the work is. Now if that's really upsetting or hard to do, then lean on somebody. Uh, speak about this uh, with people that are close to you, uh, your tribe, your family, whoever it is that you feel you can trust with this if you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. Because when we unite and when we face fear together, it becomes uh, really small, yeah. I think. Yeah, and it's accepting that you're working towards something rather than it just being, oh, I have to deal with all this alone or I have to deal with all this pressure of failing or how I look Right. To, to people when you said that you, you you know talking to someone helps is that something that takes quite a lot of courage to do to speak to someone about it or are you talking to someone direct like a family yeah, member you're asking or? for help you're saying oh I can't do this by myself right this is difficult to admit yeah and it gets more difficult the older we get yeah so sit with yourself and say yeah it's okay if I'm drowning I'm not gonna be offended if the lifeguard jumps in and pulls me out yeah if I break my leg I'm not gonna try to stand up on it say to the ER please please guys no I got this yeah <laughs> this hurts yeah it's okay to hurt yeah yeah you know yeah Go to someone with this, say it hurts right here, it hurts this way, I'm afraid, they will help you. You know, we're never alone. There's nothing that we've experienced that hasn't happened 6,000 times in life before. And these people are around, they're waiting to hear you ring this bell to come and uh, tell you what they know. And I think that's the thing. I think those who know you should ring their bells and those who don't should ask for help. Uh, It takes courage. It's it's the biggest step. Because once you've done that, You've opened all the doors for you to be helped, yeah. for for energy to come from people around you to support you, to assist you. Because if they don't know what's going on in your head, how are they gonna? <laughs> yeah. How are they gonna recognize? Yeah. Um, 
it helps to have a, a support system that, and people that you can trust, but there's also professionals. Correct. Uh, on every level, regardless of, of your income, there's Ask Me How I'm Really Doing, which is a super affordable uh, service. It's on Instagram, worldwide, by Zoom. Mm. You can pay peanuts and get really world-class level help. Yeah. Or you can go to some someone super experienced in your very type of thing, you know, for like $800 an hour. Yeah, yeah. There's someone out there who knows exactly what to do. But if if you're gonna ruminate and stay alone, you're not gonna discover this. Yeah. So so tell us, tell the people around you. There's no fear. Uh, there's it's low stakes. You're only gonna get better. Yeah, you're Love only that. gonna get stronger. Love that. We've got some questions. Fahad sent in a question as well. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take a quick break. We've got to play some Ed Sheeran for you. And as soon as we're back, listen, don't go anywhere. Actually, <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Enjoy. This is the halftime show. With Omar Paduri on Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yes, we are back and we are back in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95 Radio with your boy Omar Duri and Nida Mora, who's here. Extraordinary, extraordinary guest today. We've got so very, very talented and very interesting. So many times, man, I've just listened to him. I'm thinking, I have to get to a break. <laughs> I want to go to the break. Um, you know, for, for someone who's an athlete, a writer, an artist... Uh, man, you know, ADHD is a superpower for him, man. And he, I, lo- I love the way he's channeled that. We had a question from, um, who was it? We had a question from Fahad, who was asking about um, the type of fear. Now, I threw that question back at you in the break, Fahad. So if you, if you can, let me know what type of fear you were talking about in terms of managing. And then I'll shoot that towards uh, Nadal. We've also got Masoud who asked the question saying, Nadal, how do you reset... Uh, and how important is reset for him and why? Yeah, reset is fundamental. Uh, reset is what, what lets you ca- recalibrate everything, switch everything off, turn it back on, understand, reorient yourself, mm-hmm. rebalance yourself. Because mm-hmm. as smart as we are, as, as we know all these things, they're in the front side of our head. But regardless of what happens, regardless of how woke, aware, conscious we are, we're going to forget stuff along the way. Yeah. We're going to pick up baggage along the way. And for me, it's a weekly thing. For me, Saturday is the reset. Saturday starts with uh, with jiu-jitsu in the morning, sometimes squeeze in a run. But in summer, it's hard to do it in the morning. I saw that. How long have you been doing jiu-jitsu for? It's been one year now. Really? One what is year. it like? I've never done it personally, but I've had yeah. champions from it. I'm very intrigued by it. What's that like and what does that do for your mindset? Man, it's, it's, it's a super helpful tool mm-hmm. that uh, seems to be designed perfectly for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do 10th Planet Nogi Jiu-Jitsu in right. Hessa Street right, under right. Jake Tapp. Yep. Uh, shout out to Amran and all the other guys out there. Yeah, uh, It's really close to my house. That's the real reason I picked this place. Okay. It's close to my house so I can do it. Okay. I don't have any excuse not to drive literally five minutes to be there. Mm. And it's three to four times a week. Okay. This is part of the structure that, that I have. Another part of it is, is the running. The reset happens on an off day. An off day doesn't mean I, do st- I don't do stuff. It's I do stuff, but now I have to look internally and see 
Am I picking up new bad habits? Am I still doing all the things that I should be doing? Mm. Is the things are the things that I'm doing this week getting me closer to the big goal that I have? Am I taking steps in the right direction, mm. or am I, you know, going left and right, being distracted by things, burdening myself? Yeah, that's the reset for me, and it's weekly. I try to do every three months. I try to do a big reset, and that includes uh, uh, a lot of fasting, two, three days if I can squeeze it out. Yeah. Uh, take everything out of my brain, go fully offline. Don't take any jobs. Don't do work. So you have a, a cyclical four-time reset per year, mm -hmm. and a weekly small one where I look inwards and see: Am I good in my environment? Mm. Am I good in myself? And am I good for those around me? And you mentioned habits. How do you track progress when it comes to habits? Uh, I don't know if I track progress uh, uh, yet mm. at, at, at a high level, but um, there's men, there's apps, there's watches, there's yeah. a million things we can do. Yeah, automated. And for someone with ADHD, it's perfect because you're not inputting anything. Yes. Wear the heart rate monitor. Slap the watch on. Go for a run. It goes up instantly. Yes. You can look a year back. Okay, I'm doing. I'm actually going faster. Mm. If I'm not going faster, at least my heart rate is a bit lower. Mm. If it's neither faster or heart rate is lower, I'm going longer distance. Yes. It's literal measurable uh, um, improvement. Yes. It's hard to argue with this. Yeah. So regardless of how I'm feeling, when I look at numbers like this, I'm like, oh, okay. It seems like I'm doing good. Mm. In this, yeah, because there's a lot of room for rumination and and staying up in your head in this internal monologue and mm. and hearing these things, but you can look at real actual data. Yeah, you can look at in jujitsu on the mats someone who used to crush you all the time. Yeah, now who's having a bit of trouble getting the submission. Mm. You know, used to do one round and gas out completely. Now you can do two, take a round off, jump back on the mat. Yeah, you feel a bit more confidence when the coach you know motions to you and you walk over. You're not scared anymore you're like okay i got i gotta yeah. try new things now yeah because you know technology plays a certain role regardless for your average athlete but does it play a, a more integral role for someone with adhd or is it just general for me it's 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 super important okay every single thing i do is a reminder on the calendar right uh i get uh i set things up in a way where yearly i get reminders there's things coming up in 15 minutes things mm. coming up in you know a couple of days yeah because that's the way that i've managed to take my impulsivity yeah and uh, my desire to do very many different things use the calendar to keep myself stimulated by doing a variety of huge things nice. so that i don't have a choice to get bored i don't yeah. have that room anymore right. and when it becomes a habit i'm not sitting there thinking oh should i Am I gonna go do it? No, it's six o'clock. I'm gonna put the thing on and go for a quick run. Mm. This is happening whether I want it to or not. Yeah. So getting to that point, that's where I can flourish. Yeah, yeah. Because I do fewer choices mm. and I don't experience decision fatigue. Yeah. So the quality of the choices that I make in the day increase. Because I'm not thinking, what outfit am I going to wear? Mm. There's six black things, six white things, <laughs> uh, three yeah. pairs of pants. خلص, it's a uniform. Yeah, yeah. That's one less decision per day. Right. I eat once a day after the sun goes down. One less decision per day. I yeah. don't have to worry about these, yeah. these things. So now I have three high-quality decisions that I'm in my pocket. Yeah. So that when I do need to make a decision, mm. when I do need to use my executive function, I already have three in the chamber. Mm. 
you know. Love it. Love it. Oh my god. All right guys. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, but that was wicked. Okay, see you in a bit. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire that was a goal. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Yes, we are back and we're back live in the house. Charge on Pulse 95 radio with your boy Omar Adouri. And what a show it's been so far. Nadal Mora is in the building. We're talking all sorts of good stuff. I've had questions I wanted to ask him. I didn't even get a chance to ask him. It's been, it's been so good. But Nadal, let's dive straight into it. Um, my boxing coach told me, like my first boxing coach back in the day, back in the day, <laughs> told me, he said, Omar, dream it, believe it, become it. Anything you want to do, boxing is related to obviously how we are in life. And so I thought about manifestation and I've heard you speak on previous podcasts. And as you could tell, I've done a little bit of my homework on that and i thought i want to hear you talk about how powerful and how important manifestation is let me know yeah 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 so the first step in manifesting something is what do you know Mm. how do you manifest something in in, how does it work for you visualization for me yeah so initially here here we are at something crucial which is you already know what you want Mm. so you're visualizing it yeah you're filling in details that's a step that's quite difficult. Mm. There's a lot of people who don't even know what they want. Right. So figuring that out is a, is a journey by itself, mm. right? Um, once we know what we want, the rest is easy. Yeah. You, the, it's, it's, imagine it like a physical, actual goal that yeah. is north on your compass. And as we go through each day, uh, we break up that goal into pieces, something mm. that can be attained in five months, something that can be attained in five days and shrink it down to the next five minutes. I know what I want. I'm manifesting, visualizing in my head, right? Yeah. yeah. What am I doing in the next five minutes that's getting me even half an inch closer to that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's how it works for me. It's not staying in my own head. It's making the link between the visual and the actual now, mm-hmm. the literal moment that we are in. Yeah. Okay, I'm not doing something that gets me closer to this goal in the next five minutes. Then what am I doing in the next five minutes? Yeah. Is it more important than this goal? Right. Then I have to reorient myself. Mm. Then I've tricked myself into having a false priority. Yeah. So that's the main thing. That five minutes can become, okay, we have a we have a really great excuse. I have to deal with some real life situation. Uh, just throw stuff in the laundry. Yeah. Is that getting me close to my goal in the next five minutes? Probably not. Mm. But that's an immediate task that we have to so do. So do you focus on single tasks or do you habit stack normally when you're, when you're trying to visualize something? There's always uh, two, three, sometimes four uh, final products that I'm working towards at a time. Yeah. That's because if I work only within one, mm. I'm not going to last the whole week. Right. So I need to be able to switch every like hour, 45 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I'm reorienting myself to something else. However, all of these things are pointing in the same direction. They're not opposing forces. Yeah. They're not pulling me in two different places. I'm always at least uh, being pushed in, in, in one way. Mm. So the habits come as uh, reminders mm-hmm. the habits come as 
not having to make choice yeah. and recognizing that whatever time I have left, I am fulfilling one, two or three of my priority list. Mm. If I'm not doing that, then I, I should be either doing self-care or care for others or I should be serving something. Mm. There's always time, time off, right? Yeah. There's always time to recharge. But I got to recognize yeah. that this recharge time is my recovery. Mm. And this recovery we will still help me get further, right? And yeah. not to discount something over another. Yeah. So maintaining that orientation towards that goal mm-hmm. that requires knowing the goal in the first place. Yeah. And then actualizing it in really low stakes, small, frequent daily actions mm. that get us closer and closer. And now, whether it takes you a year or 10, every day you're getting closer to what you want. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what... I imagine or I believe when we talk about manifestation. Uh, fascinating. Um, Fahad was listening to your show, uh, listening to your segment earlier, and he w- we were talking about um, the fear of failure uh, and, the f- and managing fear. And he went deep into it and specifically said, it's fear of failure that he's worried about. Uh, do you have any like quick tips for how to kind of manage that so it doesn't get out of hand? If you are experiencing failure, you're doing phenomenal If you're not experiencing failure, you're not trying anything. Mm. Failure is a required. Failure is the brick. And failure upon failure upon failure is what's going to build this this mansion of success in your in your life. Failure is a requirement. It's how we learn. Mm. It's how we recognize that we're aiming wrong. It's how we recognize. It's not the boo-boo monster that's going to come to eat us. If yeah. we fail, people are not going to say, boo, you suck. Yeah. They're not going to do that. <laughs> Nobody knows you're failing in the first place. Failing at what? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? So failure is almost a pleasure now. Mm. It's like, I'm trying. Yeah. That means I'm trying. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, look at skaters, dude. Like, they they fall 6,100 times. They still get up. They still jump the stairs. Seeing a skater do this for nothing but their own satisfaction, Mm. this is the best proof that failure is is, is not a bad thing. It's not scary. It's my friend. It's actually my tool. It's the brick that it... uh, Love it. Before we before the Adan prayer, can you please tell us where we can follow you and if you have anything coming up? I know you have a couple of things you wanna you wanna uh, push out there, especially that you have a run. Tell me. Yeah, so the run is Al Marmoum Ultra Marathon. Yes, uh, that's taking place in February. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can run, sign up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do uh, uh, weekly trail runs in Al Qudra. So if you want to join that, ahlo sahla. There's a very informal monthly ADHD support group that we do. Uh, it's it's people like me. We just talk about it. It's, there's Amazing. no therapists or anything. So uh, hit me up on Instagram. Yes, Nidal Murra. Yeah. At Nidal Murra on Instagram. Mm-hmm. There you'll be able to uh, find all these things. I love you all. All right. We're out, guys. Enjoy it. We'll see you soon. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 3 p.m.